No, I mean, if you're just listening to Facebook, where's your phone? That's my phone right there. And it's the camera mic says blast. it's... It's full blast, you'll hear it. It's coming. Okay, we got the audio? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we will get sound up in a moment.
Christians. Um, one of the habits of highly effective Christians comes out of Hebrews chapter 5. So let's read that. Starting in verse 11. It says, it, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age, New King James says, but the NIV renders that word, who are mature. Solid food belongs to those who are mature, that is, those who by reason of use, constant use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. I, I read this, and I am so challenged by it in so many ways. One of the things I'm just going to point out in case you're, you saw this and went, holy moly. We're not going to lay again the foundation. We're going to go on to perfection. We're going to leave elementary principles, not laying again the foundation of. Think about these doctrines. Repentance from dead works. Faith towards God's, God. Faith toward God. Doctrines of baptisms. Laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Those are elementary principles of Christianity. I'm convicted, right? We're supposed to be moving on even past those things into even the deeper things of God. And so this morning, we want to talk about maturity and growing towards maturity. So, so I did a Google search, and I said, how long does it take for a Christian to be mature? And I love the answers. It says if you're at, this is one of the one of the Google thing, and I did this on purpose because I knew I just wanted to see what it would say. Uh, it said if you are asking this question, you're not mature because as you begin to be mature, you realize it's a process in Christ. It's a process that never ever stops. It never stops. The problem is we do. Many of us we stop growing towards maturity and we and we just settle in some people get saved and they settle in right at salvation they they, they got you know they, it's it's fire insurance they got they got god's grace they're saved they feel really good and then they and they stop and and, and 20 years later they look just the way they did just barely saved and and i don't think you can be barely saved but you know what i mean just right after after, after conversion some people get on fire for a while and they grow for a bit and then they stop one of the habits of effective Christians is that we, we continue to grow. We, put, uh, we have patterns of continual growth. We make it a point in our life to, to purposefully grow. And so this message is here to challenge us because these, this message, will, will by the end, it's going to go back and start us over at the beginning of the beginning parts of this, of this series. Because how we grow is what we've already talked about, abiding in Christ, guarding your heart, being people of the word, being people of prayer.
people of community and people who give. But, but we don't just do these things one time. We continually to do them. We continue to do them. And so we as believers are challenging us today that, that we would begin to say, hey, I'm going to make it a point to mature and to grow. You know, kids, kids look forward to growing up. They look forward to bigger birthdays. They look forward to being able to do other things. You know, and, and that's part of, the, part of life. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they look forward to being able to ride their bike. Uh, sometimes, well, you can't get a bike until this age. Well, you know, they look forward to that. Obviously, most kids look forward to getting their driver's license. Though I tell you, this has changed in, the society, in this, this new generation, and more and more kids don't care if they get their driver's license. That's crazy. I, had my, I bought my first car. I was 15 and a half years old. I, I bought my own car. And, and you know, as soon as I turned 16, I had my license. I was looking forward to that rite of passage. I was looking forward to that freedom. And kids do the same, kids do the same thing. We as believers should also say, God, I want to grow up. It's time to grow up. Uh, I don't mean that we can't be a, you know, a child at heart. I'm saying is we need to become mature. Talk about that word mature. It means complete. Uh, it means not lacking. Um, sometimes it's even rendered perfect. Well, it's not perfect without sin, but it's that, you know, I'm growing, I'm complete, I'm, I'm, I'm on this journey. It's also, uh, talks, it speaks really much of a journey. Um, we're growing towards maturity. Again, we're the journey church. Go back at the beginning of this. I just want to hit a couple things in there. Um, in, in verse 11 and 5, I, I love that. Why, why is it not happening? Slow to learn. They're slow to learn. We don't want to be slow to learn. We don't want to be learning the same things or actually not learning them and just being very slow at it. Uh, we, we want to be those who are open and, and willing um, to expand our mind and, and not get stuck in some of our, our basic foundations. Um, and, and make up the rest of the We don't want to be slow to learn. It says that we ought to be teachers by now. Now, I want to give a little background on, on the book of Hebrews. We don't, here's great. We don't know, we don't have a lot of background. We have a lot of supposition. Hebrews was written by maybe Paul. Um, definitely a person who was close to the apostles of Jesus. They had firsthand knowledge of the apostles of Jesus. Um, I lean towards Paul, but the writing is a little different than the rest of his book, so it doesn't matter. It's going to be somebody like Paul or, or, or another contemporary who was directly related to the apostles had, who obviously were uh, firsthand knowledge of Jesus. It's written, some of your Bibles say, to the Hebrews. or um, That was added a little bit later in the, in the Scriptures. The original manuscripts don't have to the Hebrews, but the language of the book... There's so many references of, of the law and Abraham. We believe, you know, scholars believe that this book was probably written to Jewish Christians, Hebrew Christians, um, who were probably schooled, studied in the, the Torah, in, um, in the, the things of Abraham, uh, in the covenants, all of these things. And so he talks about them over and over in the book. So they're probably very well versed. Interesting is that they're probably very intelligent. They know the Torah, the Torah, and they know um, the, the the Pentateuch in these in these books. They were they were probably educated that way, and yet he says that they are like children who can only have milk. They they needed to grow. By now they ought to be teachers, and in some ways they could teach, but they could teach not the fullness of Christ. They could have maybe taught the law. 
but they were lacking in their relationship with Christ. And, and as, when I think about us as Christians, none of us are like babies. No, there's no one in here who's really like a, probably like a, a baby in every part of your life. You might be uh, um, very intelligent. You might have a lot of understanding of the things that you knew coming to Christ. But have you grown in your relationship with God and in your knowledge of Christ and his, his covenants? Not just what you think they should be. This, this year, God gave me this cool revelation. I was having a conversation with someone, and we were talking about their beliefs and things. And, you know, they believe, you know, I won't tell you what they believe. They believe some interesting things. And I looked at them, and I said, did you know? They were about God, and they were about Christ. I looked at them, and I said, did you know it doesn't matter what you believe? And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, it doesn't matter what you believe. There is truth. What you believe doesn't change whether the truth is truth. Let that sink in for a minute. We all have beliefs. Every one of us has a belief. But your belief doesn't change whether it's true or not. You just might believe something that's a lie, or you might believe something that is true. Our goal is to say, hey, is what I believe truth? And who determines what truth is? God. God. All of our truth that we think we have, it better line up with the truth of God, which is found in the Word of God. We're living in a, in, a, in a time where people are making up all their own crazy truths. I mean, just just wackadoody truths, man. I'm just bizarre things that people just want to believe because it's it feels good. It feels good. Doesn't matter if it feels good. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Um, it was it was uh, like like the, we, t- we talked about this the other day, and I think in men's group, it was like the guy who who lost his keys. And he was outside searching for him. He's out, you know, looking out in the yard. And then the guy says, hey, what you, what, what's wrong? He says, I lost my keys. He goes, okay. He says, you know, so I'm looking for me. He says, okay, I'll help. He says, where was the last time you remember having them? He says, well, in the house. So, well, why are you looking out here? He says, because it's brighter out here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that could be us. We're so far off from the truth, but it's brighter out here. It just feels better out here. So I'm not going to go and, and worry about the truth. My keys are inside. No, that's, that might be truth, but this is easier. It is not about being easier. We need to be dedicated to growing spiritually. Amen? So they ought to be teachers, but instead they needed someone to teach them. They need someone to teach them. It, as Christians, it's it's good to become to come together to the to the to the church. The truth is, we're the church. But it's good to come together to the building or the tent, uh, to a home, to a small group, to a group where you can grow together with people. And at times, you're going to hear teaching, and that's wonderful. But you should be able to teach yourself. Well, I, some of you might be just newly saved. That's okay. But if you've been saved for a while, you need to learn how to feed yourself. Can you imagine me sitting at my table with my four kids and my wife and me going, Shannon, feed me. <laughs> that'd, just be, that'd be crazy. That'd be silly. Well, I hope I never get there. The chances are I will. I'll be in a diaper too. I've already told my kids when that happens, just take me out to the woods and shoot me. But I'm not there yet. 
and, 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 I, and I, you know, I learned how to feed myself. Thank God. You know, when you have, when you have kids, you raise them. This is interesting. You raise them. Um, we don't raise children. We talked about this in this church. We don't raise children in this church. We raise adults. We don't want full-sized children. When you become full-sized, we want you to be an adult. So I encourage parents to keep that in mind. You are not raising a child. You are raising an adult. So everything you do needs to be with the goal that someday they're going to be an adult. Yeah, that's powerful. We were Again, we were taught this when we had our first kid. We were so grateful for a teaching by Pastor Jerry Homme who uh, was taken from this earth very suddenly. And we went through a book, and the, and the book was that everything you're teaching your children is about independence. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it is. Right? When they're first born, they're, you're holding the bottle or you're breastfeeding, and you're, you're changing their diapers, you're doing everything for them. And it's, it's really wonderful. But after a while, you're like, you know what? You can hold the bottle yourself. Right? And they start holding the bottle. And, and as they go on, you, you teach them how to how to go potty and even wipe themselves that was fun anyone ever had kids remembers how fun that was teaching them my son Zach he was awesome he, he, he's not going to like this I hope Zach I hope you're listening this morning and he's already going dad I can't believe you're going to be telling this Audio's on. This, this story you know he, he, he was a little older like four maybe five and uh, and he would be at a friend's house and Matt and Zach would be gone and dead disappeared. And we're like, where's Zach? And we start listening. And we start hearing this faint, somebody wipe me. <laughs> right? Yeah? Hey, all, hey, all of us did it. All of us did it. And, and so you learn, you teach your kids how to, right? You teach them how to wipe. You teach them you know, how to dress. You teach them how to tie their shoes. Why? So they can do it on their own. Teach them how to ride a bike without training. Was Everything we're doing with our kids is about teaching them to be independent, to be adults. We're not doing a great job in the church. We need to help you to make sure that you guys are maturing so you can feed yourself. Uh, though you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. And you need elementary truths about God's Word. Again, I'm not talking to everyone specifically. I'm talking to us, and if this is you, then let's grab onto this. Uh, don't don't grab onto an offense this morning. If we're like, hey, stop stop beating me up. I'm talking to all of us. Milk is for infants, and so milk is those simple teachings of God's word. Um, but solid food, the deep things of God, is for the mature. We're growing. Who by constant use? Did you see that? Constant use have trained themselves, and I love what the New King James Version says here. To discern. Now, NIV says it different, but I think New King James is a better translation here. To discern good and evil. Good and evil. And, and the reason I like that a little bit more than good from evil is this. Somehow when you compare two things, you're like, oh yeah, I can see the difference. Good from evil. But we need to be to the point where we can discern good and we can discern evil without having to compare it. It becomes so natural. We're spending so much time in God, in his word, in prayer, in fellowship with him. We're, we're full of the Holy Spirit that things come up. And it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, you know what, that's, that's evil. I know God well enough, that's evil. And, and obviously... Um, 
There's a show on Netflix. Everyone's banning Netflix and banning the show. We're living in an age that, that, that obviously there's evil stuff out there. Was it Cuties or something crazy? Uh, you know, I, I'm not talking about that. If you can't see that some things are evil like that, then, then come and see me. Let's pray. Because there are some things that are blatantly evil. But there are, are, are things that are, are slippery slope evil. Slippery slope wrong that, that we as a, as a generation, as a culture, are not discerning good and we're not discerning evil. Yesterday, the, um, what, what happened, um, and I don't know if Bobby knew this, that a few of the people who were part of this day put on Facebook that we were doing a pro-life rally and a pro-life march at the sheriff's station. That, that wasn't the intention. We were making a statement that all lives mattered. Yes, pro-life. All lives are precious in his sight. They also put it on Facebook. So I saw that. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a little different than we wanted. So I decided to read the comments. I was horrified at the comments. So many of the comments were, were you know, like, I can't believe you're still fighting against abortion. You guys, you guys are idiots. And, and what, you know, it's a woman's body. It's her right. And I'm like... You're right. A woman has a right over her own body, just like the baby has a right. And her right does not override the baby's right. Okay? I am pro-choice. Ask the, ask the baby. Okay? Ask the baby. Ask God. Come on. Right, so we have we're on a slippery slope where people are, are easily believing these these narratives that have kind of slept in, uh, crept in slowly, and um, there's a there's a chance that a, that a number of you in here are pro-choice, and I love you, I love you, you're wrong, you're wrong, but I love you, and God loves you. And the reason you're wrong is because life has to be precious, it has to be special. The moment we downgrade that, degrade that, it, it slips into our, into our society, and, and it has. Guys, we're living in a crazy time that we need to be closer to the Word of God. We need to discern good from evil because people uh, are teaching us um, and saying crazy, crazy things. I don't want to make this a political political message, but there are things happening that uh, eight-year-olds um, are given the choice of, of changing their gender. Okay? It's wrong. It's wrong. Now, here's this. There are wounded people. And, and um, there's confusion. Guys, we love everyone. Absolutely. Without abandon. We will love everyone as Christians. We are called to love everyone. But these things have crept into the church and into society. And we need to discern. Now, here's the problem. Um, when, when it's someone you know and you love who is having a crisis of identity, it's hard to stick to the guns, stick to your beliefs. It says, you know, I, I, I think this, that, that, that what you are feeling and thinking is not correct because you're looking in the face of someone you love. That's why a lot of parents who've had uh, have homosexual children or transgender children have swayed and they've changed their belief system um, because it's hard to do that. But we, we need to find out, we need to discern good from evil and then also be able to walk in maturity 
and love uh, with, with grace, mercy, and truth towards people. We need to learn how to marry um, truth and grace. Truth and grace. So by growing in maturity, you will not waver in these things. You, you, you won't. You'll, because you'll begin to grow in God. You'll hear his voice. You'll have the Holy Spirit uh, in you, which you already do, but you'll be controlled more and more by the Spirit. As, as Galatians 5 says, Galatians 6, sorry, 5 and 6 both, but um, you know, you'll walk in the Spirit. That means you're going to be doing everything and you're going to be listening to the Spirit of God. You're going to be people of the Word, memorizing the Word, and you're going to say, you know what? That just isn't lining up with the, with the Word of God. Jesus spoke a lot. The Bible talks a lot about growing in maturity. Um, in Luke 8, the, the parable of the seed and the sower, in, uh, in part of that it says, the, verse 14, I'll start, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go their own way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. They don't mature because they're choked out. And life can come against us if we stop maturing and we start doing life uh, in, in Christ the way uh, that we're doing it. We, we, we can never stop growing. Yes, we're going to have some times we don't feel like we're growing, but you press in. 1 Corinthians 2 says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, and it's not the wisdom of this age. So, we're, so our message, just like Paul's message, was a wisdom uh, of wisdom among the mature. And I tell you, it's not wisdom of the sage, because the wisdom of the sage will, will yell at you. Though, after reading these comments on, on Facebook, I thought, I'm going to have a forum. I'll invite every one of them to come, and they can sit in, 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 in the sanctuary, and I'll debate them. Be, because, because their arguments had no foundation. They were all emotional. Every single one of them. And, and, and not because I want to make them feel bad, because I want to help them. Hey, there's a truth. Let's find the truth. We have to. I, can you believe that there's somebody who actually would say, so I'm sorry, this is my pet peeve today. I just like, I'm floored. All lives are precious. And there's people that are mad at that statement. All lives are precious. Why? Why are they mad at that? Well, because somehow it feels wrong. How can a life being precious feel wrong? Guys, we're living in some tough times. So we're going to mature. We're going to press in. We're going to talk a little bit about how, how we do that. Um, in Ephesians 4, um, it's, it's a great, great section here. Um, let me start at verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to do all the work and to spoon feed all the people in the pews. No. Oh. It says, he gave us, the, 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 we call it the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service. That's you and me, because I'm with God people too. We're supposed to be on the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We need to build the body of Christ up, not just me, you, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. That's the goal. We need to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We need to be mature. Philippians 3 says, all of us who are mature should take the same view of things. Uh, we need to grow. We need to continue to press on towards maturity. I want to read the scripture in 2 Peter. 
A lot of, a lot of scriptures today because these are so important. Second Peter one. If you if you've got your Bible, go there. Uh, and get it later. Second Peter one, starting in verse three, says this: His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Isn't that good? Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. So He's given us everything to pertain to life and godliness, but it's through the knowledge of Him. So we need to understand who He is and get knowledge of who He is. And, and He called us to His own glory and excellence. He called you to excellence. He didn't call you to mediocrity. He called you to excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. You become a partaker of a divine nature, not your own nature, it's God's, having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desire. Now we're going to escape the corruption, but we never escape the temptation. We're going to be tempted, but we're going to escape the corruption. For this reason, Herrick, man, this was, this was awesome. For this very reason, make every effort. Now, we're talking about growing and becoming mature. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read it probably twice. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective. What's our, our, our sermon series title? Habits of highly effective Christians. We don't want to be ineffective. These things will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to be ineffective. I mean, who, who ever in anything says, you know, I'm going to go play this, uh, you're going to go play some baseball, and they're going to put me in, in, uh, in left field, and I hope I'm really ineffective out there. You know? You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go teach some kids how to drive a car, and I hope I'm ineffective. We want to be effective in everything we do. So why wouldn't we want to be effective in our Christianity? We want to be effective and fruitful. And so this just gave us the things so that we can do. And I'm going to read this uh, slow and talk a little bit about, about each one. And I love this version. This is the ESV. And it says, for this reason, that, you know, that he loves us. He's, he, we're, we're partakers of the divine nature. We've escaped corruption. Um, he's got a, a plan for us to live in glory and excellence. I mean, this is a, is a great passage. So he says, because of this, for this reason, make every effort, not a little effort, not once a week on Sundays, make every effort to supplement. This is what I love about this version. I've read it as ad my whole life, and I've read the scripture, you know, a hundred times at least. Add. Um, and then, and I've read supplement for the first time. I'm like, that's it. It's supplement. You've got something in a supplement. As it, maybe, maybe you already got this, but it just was so helpful to me. Supplement your faith. You have faith because you're saved. You have faith in Jesus. He's talking to Christians. If you're here and you've trusted Jesus and you're saved, you have faith. Might not be a great faith, but you have faith. And if you have faith, it's small mustard. But that's not if he says, add to your, uh, supplement your faith with virtue. So you got virtue, you got faith? Put some virtue with it. Okay. Now, would you consider yourself a virtuous person? You don't have to answer that. Would you consider yourself a virtuous person? Some of you would say, yeah, I think so. Great. Good for you. 
You might be. I'm not, 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 I'm not arguing with you. But if you go, no, I don't, if I'm thinking of my qualities, you know, like me, you know, I'm good looking. I don't know if I'm virtuous. Maybe you'd say, no, I'm not virtuous. Let's, let's start with there. Let's start with some virtue. And then supplement your virtue with knowledge. So, so there's something in us that kind of knows, you know, how to live to be, vir- you know, to, to be virtuous. Uh, you know, we, we kind of understand a little bit. It's okay, so now that you're doing that, you're going to add some knowledge. You're not going to stop faith. You're not going to stop virtue. You're going to keep those and add knowledge. Okay? I'm going to read them my word. I'm going to attend services. I'm going to take some Bible college classes. I'm going to, I'm going to be challenged. I'm not going to be kindergarten faith. I'm not going to be sliding on the, uh, on the slide with the four-year-olds, pushing them off. I'm, I'm going to get some more knowledge. Then I'm going to add to my knowledge self-control. Oh, man. That's, you know what, what? I think one reason we say that is because a lot of people, when they start getting knowledge about God, they become a little puffed up and they start you know, telling everyone what they know. So add some self-control. Keep that under wraps. Add some self-control. Also add some self-control in the, in the areas of, of sin and sinfulness. And then you're going to add, you're going to supplement all of those things with some self, uh, um, with some steadfastness. Oh man. So I don't just have to do it once. I'm going to keep doing it over and over and over again. I'm going to grow. And my steadfastness with godliness. Now godliness is beginning to become even easier because I've got all these things happening. By the way, you can't do this on your own. But Galatians says that the fruit of the Spirit is a lot of these things. The Spirit is going to empower you to do it, but you have to be willing. The Spirit will empower you to do it, but you have to be willing. And once you're willing and you begin to move towards it, He's going to help you to do all of these things. Godliness. You're going to supplement your godliness with brotherly affection. You know, this is part of work. What comes in is, hey, you can't do this on your own. Be in a body. Be in a place where you're in community so you can have brotherly affection towards others. And finally, you you supplement all of that with love. Doesn't that sound like a great person? You single people going, I want to marry somebody like that. Right? I want to be someone like that. I want, I want to have these things for if... These qualities are yours. What's the next part if you got your Bible there? And are increasing. It's not like you get love and you got all of it. It's not like you get self-control and you got all of it. You know, if I were to do some, some fun things like how many of you have self-control over murdering somebody, probably all of you say, yeah, you know, got that one down. Good. Well, let's increase that now. Let's, let's increase that a little bit and say, you know, do you have uh, self-control over cussing somebody out? And uh, so, some of you would keep your hands up. And there's a few of you go, yeah, no, I don't have that one yet. All right. I, actually, I, I just did that yesterday, driving down the road, cussing them out. Well, okay, so, so we're going to increase in our self-control. We're going to cre- increase in our, in our virtue. We're going to increase our faith. We're going to increase our knowledge. If these are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what I want. That's what I want, church. How about you? Our, 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 our thing is not an intellectual thing. It's a, it's a spiritual dynamic we're talking about.
we want to keep going, but it, it's spiritual. If it's if it just becomes intellectual or just becomes physical strength, then we're we're just religious people. But if we will grow in our relationship with God, in in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, it will grow in these ways. Um, we'll understand that that all this is is spiritual. I was uh, with someone this this week, and and um, we have a good, good conversation, and and they said. Uh, this is a comment that I've said, probably you've said, is, is uh, yeah, the answer is Jesus. You know, it's like that Sunday school thing. You know, this kid was in Sunday school. And the teacher goes, okay, class, I want to ask you, what's gray? Climbs up and down trees. Has a bushy tail. Likes to eat nuts. And finally, one of the kids raised their hand. Yes, Johnny says. I know the answer is Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel. Because <laughs> for Christians, we always say that the answer is Jesus. And and uh, I, you know, it, it it is, but it's not. I'm gonna, I want to challenge. I'm going to encourage you to change that one a little bit. The answer is, is found in relationship with Jesus. Jesus has the answer. What are you going through? I don't know. I don't have an answer. But Jesus? I, if I just say Jesus is the answer, that's honestly not very helpful. Okay. Thanks. Right? It's it just, it, stop it. Let's stop that one. And let's say, you know what? I don't have the answer. But I know who does. Jesus has the answer. And if you'll spend some time talking to him, listening to him, he's going to show you what the answer is. Because I don't have it. Right? We're going to grow. Grow wisdom. We're going to grow knowledge. We're growing compassion and love for people. <sighs> Committed. There is no... There's no status quo that we're trying to reach. There is, there, there is no arrival until we get to heaven. You know, when I, when I was young, um, like, like teenage young, um, you know, and, and I think a lot of guys in here would relate with this. Hey, man, I'm just being real. Uh, my, my big problem, I, I was a Christian. My big problem was lust. I wasn't married, and I just, you know, I wanted to fulfill that part of my life. I was looking forward to getting married. And I used to say, man, I can't wait to be married because when I'm married, I'll be like a perfect Christian. Because that was the issue that was taking me out in my mind, in my heart. You know, it was just, it was, it was the biggest thing in my life. And I actually thought, man, when I get married and, 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 and you know, that part is taken care of for me, I'm not going to have any other problems. <laughs> Well, if, you, if you've ever been married, you know that that's not the end of the story. <laughs> there is no arrival on this place. Paso a paso, step by step, little by little. We just, we just, we just kept pressing, but we don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable in your walk. You know, I've, I've heard people say, you know, I've read through the Bible, I just... I'm not going to church anymore. I've already, I've already done that, and I've read my Bible. I'm like, holy moly. There's more. You're, you're missing a whole bunch if, if you've got that attitude. But it comes. The enemy wants to come and says, you know what? You, you're good. You're good. 
Sorry. I know you. You're not. You know me. I'm not. Let's, let's, let's keep moving. Let's keep pressing in. And when I said at the end of this message, it goes right back to the beginning. How do we grow spiritually? How do we become mature? By abiding in Christ. First message, we abide in Christ. We guard our hearts. We, 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 we really have to guard our hearts from the world and all these things that want to come in. Anger, hatred, all the things that run contrary to God. Um, and, and, and even the things you're learning, you know, we have to have a righteous anger. Uh, uh, but but we have to understand what that is. We'll, we'll do that as we grow in knowledge. So we, we, we abide in Christ. We um, guard our hearts. We, we become people of the word who read it, study it, memorize it, right? Meditate on it. We listen to it. We do the five things. We're always doing that. And we spend time. We make a, a point to spend devotional time and prayer time and have a relationship with God. So time in the, in the word and time in prayer. We have to spend time in a community of believers because you're, you're going to grow um, in believers. One of the things that can happen in a small group, and, and, and um, this is the one of the, I love small groups. I mean, absolutely, I think small groups are one of the best places to be discipled and to grow. It's also one of the best places to become stagnant because sometimes the group ends up being a whole bunch of people who agree with each other and don't challenge each other about anything. And, they just, and that, if you're in that kind of group, change it up. You need to get around some people who actually hack you off and who disagree with you so that you can be challenged. And, and you're right. Get in a small group. We talked about serving. Ser- serving people. Giving. Uh, developing that, that, that heart of giving where it's you're giving of your time and your life. If you will do these things and be committed to these things, you will continue to grow and mature. Let's pray. God, I don't want to be in kindergarten, and I know no one else does either. Though there are advantages, there really are a lot of uh, uh, things that f- make us feel good when we, when we just kind of settle into our life, settle into our sinful patterns, settle into our, our emotions, whatever it is. I, I understand that because I, I battle that too. But God, you're calling us to be effective and fruitful, not ineffective and unfruitful. God, you're calling us to be complete and mature, not lacking anything. Lord, I don't want to lack. I want to have what you want me to have. I want to be who you want me to be. Lord, I want to be able to give to the people what you want me to give to them. I want to have what it takes in the season that it's needed. God, and I pray the same thing for everyone here this morning. That that, that would be their hearts. That they would say, God, I want to grow. And I know it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a while. But God, I want to commit to to an ongoing time of growing that will just never end. And I can supplement my faith with virtue and self-control and steadfastness and knowledge and and brotherly affection and love. I I want to supplement what I already have with the things that you have for me. Let that be all of our prayer this morning. God, bless everyone here bless everyone online god challenge us to to continue on the journey in jesus name amen amen hey god bless you guys love one another before you go and and again i kind of say this every week but anyone who can stay and help carry things inside would be greatly appreciated
And uh, check the Facebook for the Zoom link if you want to do my mom's memorial. <laughs>